0: Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. As I was thinking about this message. I've been thinking about doing something along these lines for several months, and I said to my assistant Deb this week, "I said Deb, when is the last time that I spoke on this specifically?" And uh, they've got everything, you know, all the records, and uh, she she said, "She said uh, you haven't spoke on this since the year two thousand. That's fifteen years." And I thought, well, I think it's time. Shame on me. So I'm going to speak on this. And and you got to know this. All right. By now, I think you know this. All right. I have a lot of messages, but I have the same stories. (laughs) Because you just have one life and you only have so many things happen to you. We just apply them in different ways, you know, in in different messages. So I want to talk to you about empowering your inner man, empowering your inner man. And understand this, when you, when you read the Bible, the Bible is progressive revelation. What that means is the farther you get in your Bible, the more truth that God keeps revealing about every subject. Right? Now, it is actually believed that the book of Job, although it is near the middle of the Bible, that it was the first book of the Bible that was written. All right? And way back in the book of Job, chapter 32 in verse 8, It says, but there is a spirit in man. There's a spirit in man. In the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, Now may the very God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that you have three parts. right, Spirit, soul, body. Most of the time when people quote the verse, they quote it wrong. Most people say, they quote the verse and they say body, soul, spirit. And the reason is, is because we're so body conscious, right? Most of us, our body runs our life, right? And to us, our body is the most important part, right? But the truth is that your spirit is supposed to dominate your life. And the truth is that the real you is a spirit you are a spirit. You have a soul or a mind and you live inside of a body. Right? And that's how you should think of yourself. I'm a spirit. I have a mind. I live inside of a body. You're not a body. If we cut your arm off you're just as much you, after your arm's gone as you were before, you're not a mind. Before you, you, before you learned algebra or trigonometry, Before you learn certain facts, you are still just as much you as you were after you learned those facts. You are not a mind. You are a spirit. Now, in John chapter 4, Jesus speaks about God, the Father, and he says God is a spirit. You're a spirit. God's a spirit. In Hebrews 1, it says he makes his angels spirits. Angels are spirits. Now, that does not mean that you're God or that you ever will be. You won't. Right. You're not an angel, and you'll never will be. When you die, you don't become an angel. Right. But what it does mean is you're the same type of a being. Right. God's a spirit. Angels are spirits. You're a spirit. Right. Now, do, let me ask you this question. Do angels like retire when they're 300,000 years old? No, because they don't get old. Right. Spirits don't get Bodies get old, but spirits don't get old. Right. Spirits never die. Right i shared this with you before, but when I first got saved, I really thought I could help God. Anybody else ever thought they could help God? And I thought, God, you are so fortunate to have me. Because this is what you should do. All right, You should kill the devil. And then invite all the demons to the funeral and kill them. And then we just take, all the problems are gone. You know, we can just start going and start the kingdom in the morning. Alright. The problem is you can't kill the devil because he's a spirit. You can't kill demons because they're spirits. That's why it says in the book of Peter about certain angels that kept not their first estate. It says that they're kept in everlasting chains of darkness. All right. They're kept, but you can't kill them because they're spirits. And because you are a spirit, you will live someplace forever. All right. It's in the book of Genesis chapter 2. When God creates man, it says he breathes into him the breath, or literally the spirit of life. It says in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, that God is the father of spirits. You want to know where your spirit came from? It came from God. But when he breathed into man that spirit of life, it says he became a living soul, or an immortal soul. Right? You became immortal at that moment. Right? Your soul and your spirit were joined together. In fact, it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12, that the word of, the God, of God, it's powerful, it's alive, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides even asunder the soul and the spirit. The only thing that can divide the soul and the spirit literally is the word of God. That's why the psychologists, the psychiatrists, they don't even recognize you have a spirit, that you are a spirit. They don't even recognize it. The Bible refers to the spirit as the hidden man or the hidden person of the heart, the real you. Now, in Proverbs 20, in verse 27, listen carefully, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You say, what does that mean? That means when God speaks to you, he speaks to your spirit. He doesn't speak to your head. He doesn't speak to your body. He speaks to your spirit. God is a spirit. You are a spirit. And when God communicates with you, he communicates spirit to spirit. If God's going to enlighten you, he's going to enlighten you, give you revelation, speak to you in your spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 14, it says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For their foolishness to him, he cannot know them or receive them understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now the natural man is a person that's not right with God, a person that doesn't know God, who hasn't received Jesus. And the Bible says he cannot receive or understand the things of the Spirit of God. Jesus said the same thing in John chapter 3. Jesus said you, um, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. He says, you cannot see it A person that's not born again, they look at the kingdom of God. And what they see is they see morality, they see philosophy, they may see self-discipline or self-control, they may see religion, but they don't see it for what it is. They don't see it as a relationship with God as it is the kingdom of God. But then in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, it says, And brethren, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual people, but as to carnal as babes in Christ. So we've got the natural man, not saved. Then we've got the carnal Christian, babes in Christ. Now, a carnal Christian is a saved person, but they live letting their body dominate their life. Their body dominates their life. Uh, How many of you, uh, uh, when it's talking here about carnal, it's talking about your mind and your body. How many of you have ever uh, gone to the store and and you've seen that uh, beans con carne? Frijoles con carne. Are you Mexicanos? Frijoles con carne. What that that means is beans with meat. And it literally means here the same thing. It means your meat, your literally, your flesh dominates your life. All right? And if that's the case, the Bible says you're a Christian, but you're just a baby Christian. Now, here's the bad thing. You can be a Christian 40 years, and we still need to change your pampers, all right? Because some people never grow up spiritually, all right? Their spirit stays in that infancy state. But what God wants is he wants your spirit to dominate your life. In fact, in the same verse, he says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual, all right? Now, the spiritual person is the Christian whose spirit is strong and dominates their life. The spirit takes control over the mind or the soul and the body. Now we're going to take a quick look at Jesus' teaching about this in Luke chapter 16, beginning with the 19th verse. I'm just going to read a few verses to just kind of help us understand this concept that you are a spirit. Verse 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. He saw Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. And by the way, and he cries out to Abraham and he says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he'd put the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in these flames. Now, look at this, this man, Lazarus. The Bible says that he died, right? They took his body, they put it in a pauper's tomb, but the angels carried him. Right. Your body someday, if Jesus tarries, is going to wear out and it's going to die. And when that happens, the real you that lives on the inside of that body is going to step out. The real you, the spirit. And let me remind you, First Corinthians chapter 15 says there is a physical or natural body and there is a spiritual body. So your body has a spirit. Excuse me. Your spirit has a body. Now, it's not a physical body. It's a spiritual body. Let me kind of help you with this. Uh, Do angels have bodies? Go like this. Okay, because they do. People see them, all right? They have a body. Does God have a body? Go like this. Okay. Remember, Moses said, Lord, I want to see you. See your glory. And God said, well, I'm going to put you in a cave, and I'll put my hand over the cave. And when I walk past, I'll take my hand away, and you can see my back. Did he have a body? Yeah. Is it a physical body? No. It's a spiritual body. All right? You have a physical body, but you also have a spiritual body. All right? Your spirit has a body. Listen, and it looks just like you. All right? The rich man sees Lazarus, and he recognizes him. He says, hey, Abraham, send Lazarus. And get this. He says, put the tip of his finger in water. Cool my tongue. So he lifts up his eyes, and he sees him. And he's got a finger, and he's got a mouth, and he's got a tongue. Because your physical body and your spiritual body look alike. Your spiritual body has two eyes. It's got hands. It's got fingers. It's got a mouth. It's got a tongue. It's got two legs, and it looks like you. All right? Just, just, just to help you, as you think about yourself, you're a spirit. You have a soul or a mind, and you live inside of a body. But now these men, both of them, their bodies are in the grave. But yet there is a spiritual body. Right? And that spiritual body is able to perceive pain the same way that a natural body does. 2 Corinthians four sixteen. Therefore, we don't lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing. And as you get older, listen, your body gets a little bit slower. And a little bit, we- how many of you know what I'm talking about? All right. Something happens to that body. It is perishing. It's getting old. It's getting worn out. But the inward man, the spirit, Is renewed day by day or every day. Now, look, you can be 90 years old and your body is worn out, and in the inside, you still think you're 16, right? Because your your spirit does not get old. Your body gets old, but your spirit does not get old. So think of yourself I'm a spirit, I have a soul or a mind, I live inside of a body, right? Now, 2 Corinthians 5 17, if anyone is in Christ, you're a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you become a Christian, you become brand new. But your body doesn't become new. If you needed to lose 30 pounds and you get saved, you still need to lose 30 pounds. All right? If you've got some... When you get saved, you don't get a new mind. You don't get a new brain. Right? But what gets made new is your spirit. It's made new. You become a new person. The Living Bible says you become a new person on the inside. It's your spirit that becomes new. Again, 1 Peter 3, 4 calls your spirit the hidden man or the hidden person of the heart. Right? So we're not natural beings having a spiritual experience. We are literally spiritual beings having a temporary natural existence. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that we are at home in the body, We are absent from the Lord, verse 8. We are confident, yet well-pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So when our physical bodies die and wear out, the real you steps out and you are carried by angels, and it says you will be present with the Lord if you're a believer, all right? So when the spirit leaves the body, the body dies, right? In fact, James says, as the body without the spirit is dead. When your physical body wears out and the spirit steps out, the physical body is dead. The spirit is the life of the body. And the spirit can live independent of the body, but the body cannot live independent of the spirit. And again, the spirit in the Bible is often called the heart of man because it's the core. It's the center of his being. The heart of a tree is the, the core of that tree, the heart of a watermelon. I mean, that's the best part, all right. The heart of a watermelon is called that because it's the center, it's the core, not because it pumps watermelon juice, all right. And when the scripture speaks of the heart, it's not talking about your pump, all right. It's talking about the real man, your core, your spirit. It was the great preacher Dwight L. Moody who said this. He said, "Someday you will read in the papers that D. L. Moody." of East Northfield, Chicago, is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I will be more alive than I am now. Because when the body dies, the real man that lives on the inside steps out. And you step into the eternal God realm, into the spiritual realm. Now, Galatians 5 and 6, verse 16, this is going to be our key verse. I say, then walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. In other words, let your spirit dominate your life. And if you will let your spirit dominate your life, you'll live a life that's pleasing to God. You'll live a victorious life. And you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. All right? So while on earth, man is designed to live in relationship with God through his spirit, his soul, and his body. When your body is in relationship with God, we say he's healthy. When his soul is in relationship with God, we say he's happy. When his spirit is in relationship with God, we say that he's holy. And when all three are in right relationship with God, we've got the kingdom of God, and there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we know how to train our bodies. Right? Any one of us, we can say, all right, I'm going to get in shape. Go down and get a gym membership. Hire a personal trainer. They've got us lifting weights and working out and doing our cardio, and they're telling us, you know, take these vitamins, eat this food. Do not eat that food. Don't eat chocolate. And, and I have a hard time with that. I believe that chocolate is a sign that God loves us. <laughs> White chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate, all of the chocolates. I think it's just like this God saying, I love you, all right? But they say no chocolate, all right? They're going to have you taking the vitamins and getting the rest, all right? And you do what they say. And you can develop your physical body, right? right? We know how to develop the soul or the mind. You know, you go to the university and, and you, you, you get an undergraduate degree. And then you go on, you get a graduate degree, and you're developing your mind. But how do you develop your spirit? How? What do you do so that your spirit becomes strong and dominates your life, dominates your soul, and dominates your body? How do you do it? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about in the next several weeks. All right. So, But today, I just want to talk to you about two things that you can do. And, and I want to talk to you, first of all, about one that I believe is the most important of all. all right? And in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 2, it says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It says that the word of God is food for your spirit. Now, how many of you feed your body at least twice a day? How I many three times plus snacks? All right. Okay, so, so we realize if we don't feed our physical body, our physical body will become weak. And what we feed our physical body, to some degree, determines our health. Right. Now, the same thing is true spiritually. Your spirit needs to be fed. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, the word bread there does not mean like a loaf of bread. It's talking about food in general. Right? So you can't live by that alone. Now, your physical man can live by physical food. But you need more than physical food. You need spiritual food. And Jesus said, what else do you need? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Food for your spirit is the Bible. Your Bible eats Matthew, Mark, Luke. John acts and Romans and Corinthians, all right? And it likes some Galatians and Ephesians too, all right? Your your inner man feeds on the Bible. Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein, then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Now notice it says to meditate on the word. And in Psalms 1, it says, but in his delight is the law of the Lord, and not his law does he meditate day and night. I remember when when our, our first our first child, uh, Joshua, he was like one, maybe, maybe 15 months old. All right? and he got into that, I want to do myself thing. You know, one of my grandsons right now is really into by myself, by myself. He didn't want anybody help by myself. All right. So so Joshua is into by himself. He's gonna do it by himself. And we're having spaghetti, and so he had spaghetti by himself, all right? And and we still have a picture. I don't have it with me. But the bowl ended up on his head, all right? And there was spaghetti all over his clothes, on the bib. There was spaghetti on the high chair, spaghetti on the floor. But none of that spaghetti helped him at all, all right? The only spaghetti that helped him was the spaghetti that got inside him, and there wasn't much, all right? most of it ended up in a whole lot of other places, right? Now, the Word of God, the only Word of God that will help you is the Word that gets down in your heart, right? A lot of people have an experience with the Word of God, and they get some on their head and some on their bib and some on the floor and some on the high chair, right? But it's not getting down on the inside. Jesus said, be careful what you're hearing. He said, Them measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear, that's meditating, will be the measure of virtue or power and knowledge that comes back to you. Jesus said it's not just enough to hear. It's the amount of thought and study or the amount of meditation that you give to the truth that you hear that will determine the, how much power, spiritual power comes into your life and how much spiritual knowledge will come into your life. As it says in Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Someone said it like this. This book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. I believe the devil wants to keep Christians from the Bible because he knows that the Bible is food for your inner man. In Habakkuk chapter 2 in verse 1, it says... I will look to see what he will say to me. I will look to see what he will say to me. Right? Most people are not looking; they're listening. Right? Most people want God to send an angel. They're, 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 they're looking for a voice. They're looking for an angelic vision. They're, they're looking for. Some, they're they're kind of like, "Oh God, you know, if you want me to do that, have three camels walk through the sanctuary." You know they're looking for some sort of of a sign. They want to hear something, all right? But we shouldn't be listening for a voice. We should be looking for a verse. Listen, ninety five percent of the way that God is going to lead you and guide you and speak to you is through the Bible. Like that, through the Bible, we need to be looking for a verse. Everything that comes up in your life, look for a verse. You say, well, I'm afraid. That's why the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You say, well, I just feel so condemned about my past. That's why Romans 8.1 says, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I'm just, you know, I've been dating this person. I'm thinking about marrying them. I know they're not saved, but I'm just not sure what I ought to do. Well, the Bible tells you what to do. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers all right? Quit looking for a voice, all right, and start looking for a verse. Everything you do, you say, well, I'm going to the dentist. You got a verse for that? Well, open my mouth and fill it, God said. You say, open your mouth, I'll fill it. I guess that's the verse for you. You're going to the dentist. But, but no matter what you're going to do, find yourself a verse, all right? Your spirit needs to feed every day on God's Word. You feed your physical body daily, feed your spirit every day. Number two, listen and obey the Holy Spirit. Listen to and obey the Holy Spirit. Again, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So when God speaks to you, he speaks to you in your heart, in your spirit. Romans eight fourteen. as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, every time God speaks to you, and you obey, you become stronger spiritually. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. Every time you obey, you become stronger. But every time you disobey, you become weaker spiritually. And literally, it becomes harder and harder to hear God's voice. Now, when I was, I'd only been saved a few months. and, And I was very I was just seeking God. I wasn't, you know, really seeking about any particular thing. I was just praying and reading my Bible. And, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to do something. Now, I didn't hear any voices, nothing like that. I just felt like that I would be praying, you know, and I keep getting this picture when I was younger. I went to downtown Granville to Prose 5 and Dime. Now, you know, this is a long time ago. We have dollar stores now. We used to have nickel and dime stores. Now we have dollar stores. All right? So, so this, was, this was 50 years ago plus. All right? And I had, I had as a young kid, I had uh, stolen a little knife, a little matchbox car, and some darts from Pro's 5 and Dime. Years before. All right? And now I'm a Christian. And I'm just seeking the Lord. And I feel like the Lord says, Go. And tell Mr. Pros that you stole that stuff and pay him for it. And I went, Satan, I rebuke you. <laughs> because I did not it. this is in Christ. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to do that. But I just kept on feeling like this is what God wanted me to do. And it seemed dumb to me, you know. But I just kept getting it. And so remember, I got in my car, drove down to Granville, parked behind uh prose five and Dime. and I prayed this prayer. I remember it's clear as a bell. I said, Lord. Do not let Mr. Prose be here, and then I'll know this is not you, you know. So I go in, I go in the back, and there's a cash register and some candy counter there. And, and I say, there's a lady standing there, I say, is Mr. Prose here? And she says, yes, he's right down that aisle. And I went, oh, great, that's one prayer that did not work. And so I go up to Mr. Prose, and I say, Mr. Prose, says, you don't know me. And I kind of like mumbled, my name is my name, you know. I didn't know what he was going to do. I thought he was going to call the cops. He's going to call the cops. I says, you know, years ago I came in your store and I stole some stuff. And, and uh, I said, and, and I'm so sorry. And here's money and interest. I think I gave him $30. I probably stole 5 $8 worth of stuff and I gave him 30 bucks. I didn't want him to think I was a cheapskate. You know, I'm going to pay for everything plus interest. All right. He looked at me for a minute and he said, did you just become a Christian? And I said, yes, sir. He says, you are not the first young person that has come in here. To confess to me and pay me. And I was like, really? And so then he talked to me about the Christian life for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. And then he, he took the money and he gave it back to me. And he said, When you go to church this Sunday, he said, You give this at your church. Right? And I walked out of there and I thought, like, Phew, done, you know? Didn't think anything about it after that, really. Um, and it's just a couple months later. And my friend, who's going to be speaking right here on Wednesday night, Doug Bergsma, said to me, he says, you know, he says, I'm going to go to Dallas. I'm going to go to Bible school. He says, "And I think you should go. And I'm attending Calvin College at the time. And I'm thinking maybe I'm going to be a history teacher. And, but I really want to, I'm thinking, I think God's pulling me towards ministry, but I'm not sure. And my parents said, but we want you to stay right where you are. Go to Calvin and go to Calvin Seminary. And, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is like, you know, honor your father and mother. You know, I want to honor my parents. But at the same time, I've, I've got this desire, this pull towards going to this Bible college. All right. And, and I'm confused. Anybody ever been confused? I mean, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I feel like this. But then the Bible says, you know, honor your parents. And am I honoring my parents if I do this? And I just don't know what to do. And I mean, I was, I was like tormented. I do not know what to do. So I'm home. I'm the only one in the house. I'm in my bedroom, I get down on my knees, I'm by my bed, and I just said, God, I am so confused. I says, and and I do not know what I'm supposed to do. I says, and I don't even care what I do. I says, I want to do this, but I want to honor my parents, I want to do what you want me to do, and if you will just show me what to do, I don't care what it is, I will do it. Anything, you just show me what to do. And I'm just, you know, talking, and I don't even think I was talking out loud. But when I said that, as clear as you hear me right now, I heard, get up and go to Dallas. And I mean, I had never heard anything like that, a voice like that in my life. Now, you say, like, where's that in the Bible? It's all over. If you read your Bible very much, this is what you'll hear, these words. The word of the Lord came unto him saying, right? And to that person, it's audible. If you're standing next door, you probably wouldn't hear anything. But to that person, it's like God just spoke audibly in their ear, right? So, I literally, I get up and I check the house and like nobody's in the house. I'm like, I'm, man, this is crazy. I've never had anything like that in my life. And, and, a, and a little bit later, I'm, I'm saying, God, you know, that was really cool. You know, would you like to do that again? Right? And, and somebody said, well, you must be really spiritual because God did that to you. And I think it's just the opposite. I think it was the only way he could get through. All right. But I was saying, God, that was really cool. You know, you could do that again if it would be really nice. This is what the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, the reason that I was able to speak to you and you heard it was because when I told you to go and talk to Mr. Prose, you went. Every time that you obey God, you become spiritually stronger and you hear his voice more clearly. Hebrews 5, 14. But solid fluid belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What your spirit needs is it needs to be fed the Word of God every day. And and today, there's just no excuse. I mean, you just just get an app on your phone, all right? And instead of listening to the radio on the way to work, listen to the Bible, right? But feed your spirit every single day. And then listen. When God is telling you to do something, do it. This may be a baby step, but I know that there's many people that are here. God has been dealing with you about doing something, right? It it might be apologizing to your spouse. It might be that really what you need to do is you need to volunteer to get involved in some area of ministry someplace, or it might have to do with what you're doing with your money, or you might be watching things you shouldn't be watching, or uh, there's just, there's just, putting things in your body you shouldn't be putting in your body, right? And God's saying, don't, don't, don't. Every time you disobey, you become weaker spiritually, and it gets harder to hear the voice of God. The Bible literally says that your conscience becomes seared like a hot, as if by a hot iron. Now, listen, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. I'll say that again. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit, right? Every time you obey, you become stronger. And I want you to just think, is there something that God is speaking to me about that I'm not doing? Because people come and they say, God's not speaking to me. Usually, this is what it means. God has spoke and you said no. All right? you, you said no. And now it's harder to hear. All right? And my question is, if you haven't done the last thing God asked you to do, why is he going to give you some new instructions? All right? But feed your spirit every day. All right? And listen to the Holy Spirit obey the Holy Spirit, you'll become stronger. Your voice, his voice, will become more and more clear to you. Right? The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. You go his way, you'll become stronger and stronger in your spirit. All right, would you please bow your heads for just a moment? And nobody moving unless it's absolutely necessary, please. This is, this is kingdom time, kingdom business. The Bible not only has the great answers to life, it has the most important questions. In James, it says, What is your life? And if I were to say to you today, What is your life? Some of you would say, My life is happy. Somebody would say, My life's a wreck. My life's my family. My life's my job. My life's going somewhere. My life's going nowhere. But this is what the Bible says your life is it is but a vapor that appears for a moment, and then it's gone. This morning was our first freeze. Stepped outside this morning, took a breath, and there's that little vapor right in front of my face. Just for a few seconds, and it was gone. And the Bible says, in light of eternity, your whole life, 80, 90, 100, 120 years, whatever it is, your whole life is just but a vapor, and then it's gone. The next question that the Bible asks, what will the end be? What will the end be? It's a multiple choice. And the end is just two, two options. The end is heaven or the end is hell. The the end is an eternity with your Lord and Savior or it's separated from him for all of eternity. The third question, what must I do, Acts 16, to be saved? See, believing is an act. It's not just something you know, but it is something that you know that causes you to act. What must you do to be saved? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. He's saying all of your efforts will not make you right with God. All of my efforts will not make me right with God. There's just one way to be right, and that's through Jesus. John 1:12, to as many as receive him, it's not enough to know about him. You need to receive him. To them he gives the right to be the children of God. So if you're here and you're away from God, that's what you need to do. You need to receive him today. I'm going to count to three. When I say three, I want you to lift your hand. We are going to pray together, and God will meet you today in this place. And when we say amen, listen, you will be forgiven. You will be right with God on your way to heaven. So as you lift your hand, when I say three, you're going to lift it. The first thing that you're saying to God as you lift your hand is you know, you're saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner and need a Savior. And I know there's only one Savior, and that's Jesus. And today I am coming to Jesus to be saved and to be forgiven. One. Secondly. As you lift your hand, you're saying, God, today, I'm going to turn my back on my old life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. Two. Now, get ready. As you lift your hand, you're saying, God, today, I am going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to receive Jesus. And he's going to come into my heart. He's going to be my Lord and Savior. He's going to blood wash me from my sin. My past is going to be gone. He's going to make me a new person on the inside, a part of your family on my way to heaven. Three, lift that hand up. Lift it high. Say, pray with me. Thank you. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, and that hand, and that hand, and that hand. Three more in the back over here. Someone else. Somebody else. Include me. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Include me. Up in the balcony. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Another hand way in the back in this section. Another hand over here and another here. All right. Two over here. Thank you. God bless you. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Now, if you, nobody moving. Now, if you lifted your hand, I want you to look right at me. I want you to grab the person you came with, anything that you brought. And I want you to move to the aisle and come right down here. God is going to meet us right here. I'm going to come down. We're going to pray. And when we say amen in just a moment, your past is going to be gone. You are going to be right with God. He's going to make you a new person on the inside. From the balcony, if you will come, come on down. We're going to wait for you. Over in this section right here, let these people out. Let them get down here. Come on. Come on. Awesome. God bless. Good, good. Awesome. Keep coming. Keep coming. Oh, yeah. There they come. Awesome. God bless you. God bless. We have been praying for you. We've been praying. God's going to do a great thing in your life today. Awesome. Good to see you. All right. Now, they're coming down from the balcony as well. Now, listen. Romans chapter 10. Verse 13, this is what God said. He says, whosoever, that means you. The devil will tell you this won't work for you, but I'm telling you, God said this is going to work for you, right? This is what we need to do. Now, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord. We are going to call on his name exactly the way the Bible shows us to call on his name, right? This is God's promise. God's promise to you will be saved, right? So when we say amen, your past is going to be gone. He's going to blood wash you from your sin. He's going to make you new on the inside, and you're going to be a part of His kingdom. All right. Oh, my. Still coming from the balcony. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. All right. Okay. Now, everybody... Would you just take one hand and I want you to pray with them, all right? Everybody make these words your own. All right, lift the other hand towards heaven and let's pray. to say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I receive him today as my Lord and Savior I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You have heard my prayer. That your blood washed me from my sin. That my past is gone. That you make me a new person on the inside. A part of your family. Now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! For more information about ResLife, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.